Hi everyone, welcome to another Wealthy Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Evan Cuthbert. He's the sales director at Blue Earth. Hi Evan, how are you? Hi Tiffy, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So Evan, you're a Melbourne expert and that's why we have you here. We want to hear all about what's going on down in Melbourne. So can you start by sharing a little bit of why would you choose to buy or invest in Melbourne? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Um, uh, so I've, just by um, way of background, I've been working in the project marketing space um, here in Melbourne for 15 years now, and we've seen some really interesting times um, over the years. Um, uh, in particular, at the moment, obviously with, with COVID-19, but um, you know we keep coming back to the fact that we've got uh, really great and strong fundamentals um, around you know the property market here in Melbourne. Um, you know, the key, one of the key drivers being population growth, which um, Victoria is the fastest growing state and has been for the past 10 years or so. We've had about 140,000 net um, population growth into Victoria um, over the past three or four years. So um, obviously population growth is a, a key driver behind demand for, uh, for property um, and has really, you know, driven our property market, um, you know, over recent, over the past 10 years and, and beyond. So. Um, you know, that's, that's one component, um, you know, which really is underpinning demand. Um, and then from a supply perspective, we've seen um, supply really restricted over the past four or five years, which has been government led, really. Um, you know, 2014, 2015, there was real concerns around, uh, you know, uh, oversupply within the Melbourne property market. And back then we were seeing about 50,000 um, sales of new apartments in Victoria per annum. Um, that's uh, fallen steadily to a point where we've only had uh, 12,000 or just over 12,000 new apartment sales in Melbourne in 2019. So the supply of new property has fallen, um, you know, a, a, about fourfold, but the population growth has, has remained stable in Melbourne, um, which, you know, has really underpinned the market. And I, I think will put us in really good stead, um, you know, as we come out of the, the COVID-19 um, crisis. Yeah, that's very interesting. and. I've been reading a few articles on when the population of Melbourne is meant to surpass that of Sydney, and yeah. it's we're not that far away, right? That's right. Yeah, I think there's there's um, there's there's very varying reports, but they're saying within the next ten to fifteen years, the Victorian population will be bigger than New South Wales. So that's um, that's obviously uh, interesting. There's a whole range of drivers. I think from an economic perspective, Melbourne's you know performed really well. I think education is, a, is obviously another huge driver, which is, um, you know, attracting uh, overseas migration from students and then, you know, families of people studying here is, is another um, real factor as well. Yeah, that sounds about right. Everything I've read, it's what you're saying. Now, when we talk about Melbourne, what are the particular hotspots that you like the most? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting and it's, it's um, basically what, um, the team at Blue Earth look for from a site acquisition perspective is um, they're essentially and, and have for the past 25 years since Blue Earth um, was formed have uh, focused on what we call the donut. So it's essentially not the very middle of, of Melbourne being the CBD, um, but it's about one or two kilometres from the CBD out to about 15 kilometres. And um, the reason for that is we find in, in the CBD, um, the product is typically very much designed for 
um, you know, the Asian students and, and, and it's a product that's a lot smaller, but there's also traditionally been an incredible um, volume of supply of new apartments within the city and surrounds. So the CBD, South Bank, um, Docklands. Um, and when you look back over time, um, these areas have not performed well from a capital growth perspective. Um, contrary to that, you look um, in the sort of inner fringe, uh, inner city fringe suburbs of Melbourne, and they're areas where people want to live, you know, um, that, that's where your, your typical Anglo-Australian um, want, wants to be, close proximity to the CBD, but, you know, obviously, you know, village-like atmosphere and, um, and, and so forth. So, um, that's, that's been a driver for Blue Earth in terms of where they've looked. And it's for that reason that, you know, investors within Blue Earth projects have traditionally done really well. Um, some of the other drivers um, where we see good growth, not just in the long term, but in the short to medium term is, is in suburbs that offer really good affordability, but are gentrifying quickly. So, um, you know, the key indicators of gentrification is when you get the first one or two great coffee shops, when you've got good restaurants and bars where people are coming from um, out of town to, to eat and drink. That's a real, you know, driver for um, gentrification. That's when you see white collar workers moving to town and you see the demographics change really quickly. So, um, you know, suburbs that we've uh, focused on recently, we've had a, a huge success um, in a project in Footscray, which offered exactly that. It offered great affordability. Um, but fantastic lifestyle and really good accessibility into Melbourne CBD. We've seen similar in other suburbs like um, Essendon, Brunswick, Collingwood, um, these sort of suburbs. And, and when you look back at the capital growth um, over recent years, um, these suburbs, even in a softening market in 2017, 2018, 2019, still actually had some really good growth. Um, and it was actually apartments that outperformed houses in these markets as well. And that's driven by you know, affordability um, as, as the market softened. Well, that, that's completely um, new news to a lot of people because we always assume that houses will perform better than apartments. So, yeah. and I think usually we just, we've been covering this in the last few podcasts where we put everything in one bag when it comes to real estate and it, it's not true, right? Like it depends on each particular, let's say, whether we're talking Victoria, New South Wales, Melbourne, and how many kilometers away, and the affordability, the price range plays a key role. So, and can you expand a little bit more? Because we've received a, a few of these questions from clients on what it means, what you were just explaining when you're seeing the gentrification, what it means actually that you're basically gonna be seeing the, the suburb change. Can you go into a little bit more detail on what that means? Yeah, so, so the, the gentrification is really where you see, um, you know, I suppose by definition, where you see uh, a change in class within a suburb. So you, you, you move from a lower socioeconomic um, demographic to, you know, a, a higher, more sophisticated um, community. And, and that's something that we've seen really quickly um, throughout some of Melbourne's, um, you know, inner and, you know, city fringe suburbs. Um, we've with that shift in demographics, you you obviously have a shift in affordability um, for property. So people have more money, they have better jobs, they pay more rent, they pay more when it comes to you know buying property as well. So that the gentrification is really a driver be, behind um, rental growth, and, and we see that um, you know 
we see that right, right across the city fringe suburbs of Melbourne. And, and often there's a bit of a ripple effect. You see, you know, one suburb boom and then, then the next year, the next suburb is, is that next boom suburb because people are chasing that affordability. So they're happy to move that next suburb out from, from the CBD. Yeah, so sorry, you were just breaking off a little bit, but it was a minor thing and it's this is live. So that's great things that happen. Um, and, and yeah, and that's when at Wealthy, we are advising our clients on which are great investment properties. We definitely are looking at population growth, investment in infra infrastructure, employment, and a lot of the suburbs that we look at are suburbs that we're already seeing them change, attracting um, more, let's say, people who are more qualified, willing to spend more money in the area, in the coffee shops, dining out, and they are going to be demanding nicer rentals, so willing to pay more for their rental, but also they will be paying more for the property price. And that's basically it. That That's part of the strategy of how we search for the properties that have the most potential for growth. Now, in all of these, you've mentioned quite a few hotspot scenarios you like. And can you deep dive a little bit more on the supply side and timings? Like even for a few of your projects, maybe you choose one or two of the projects that you like the most from Blue Earth and what it looks like around the area. What are we seeing coming to the area, whether it's not a lot of supply coming our way or like it's, it's are your projects going to be competing this year, next year? Yeah, and I might just come back to a question you asked earlier in relation to um, capital growth for houses versus apartments. Yeah. This is, this is a, a common misconception in the market that, um, you know, you don't get the same level of capital growth out of out of apartments as you, as you do houses. But we've seen um, over recent years that apartments have been performing as well or better than houses. And, it, and a lot of the time that's really driven by affordability. So um, a, a common trend that we look for in, in suburbs is what is, the, um, what is the price differential between an apartment, a two bedroom apartment in a suburb and the median house price. And that healthy price differential we find is about 150% or thereabouts. Um, so, uh, but, but what we're finding in Melbourne is we've had really strong price growth, particularly in houses over the past 10 years, apartments hadn't tracked at the same rate. So now they've got some catching up to do. So there's some suburbs um, in Melbourne where the price gap is about, you know, 250% or so. Um, and an example of that, we've got a, a great project coming up um, in, uh, in Essendon, which is uh, about 11 or 12 kilometres to the north, northwest of, uh, of Melbourne. Um, you can buy a two bedroom apartment in our project Anthem Essendon there um, when it comes online for um, about 500, early, early to mid 500s but the median house price is 1.4 million. Wow. So the median house price nearly three times what you can buy a fantastic, really big two bedroom apartment for. So what we see when you get that really significant price gap between apartments and, and houses is people start to buy apartments based on affordability. So you get people that would love to buy a house in, in, in the area, they'd end up buying an apartment because they can't afford a house. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's when you know the capital uh, growth rate tracks um, faster for, for apartments, which, which we've seen right across Melbourne. We saw it in Richmond a few years ago where people would have loved to have bought a house, but it was 1.3 million for very unrenovated house in Richmond. So they'd spend 750K on a great two bedroom apartment in, in one of our projects there. So we, we, we see it time and time again. 
Thanks for explaining that. Um, that's that's really good and, and something to bear in mind when we're doing our analysis is definitely what's the rest of the supply looking like and comparing houses versus apartments and what you're saying. If, if there is catching up, then maybe when, when people come to me and ask me, should I be buying a house or an apartment? It's like there's not one wrong or right answer. It depends on what you're after, what you're trying to achieve. And then when we look at the high growth areas, the areas that we like the most, um, that's exactly the things that we should be looking in some areas it makes complete good sense like a great investment to go for an apartment and not so much for a house and that price gap is what's going to be driving the growth in the apartments now yeah, and particularly if you can get a good yield as well so if you if you if you can forecast good growth and obviously apartments perform a lot better from a yield perspective so if you can get a yield of four and a half plus percent then you've got um, an investment that's hopefully neutrally geared or even potentially slightly positive, depending on your tax position, um, then it's, it's, it's paying for itself and you're still offering, you know, the, the capital growth is, is the upside, which is great as well. 100%. And you just mentioned one of your projects that I really like, the Essendon project. Now, what's supply looking like in Essendon? Uh, non-existent um, is the short answer. So, um, uh, yes, it's a fantastic project, um, Anthem Essendon, where we really um, got a display suite that's under construction at the moment and we'll be ready to launch this project quite soon. Um, and it's a really unique um, neighbourhood. So Essendon's the most aspirational suburb within the inner north, sort of northwest of Melbourne. Um, median house price, as I mentioned, is 1.4 million. If you live in the surrounding area, you want to live in Essendon. So there's really strong demand. That's based on um, uh, uh, amazing schools. It's got um, probably the uh, best service from a shopping perspective of any neighbourhood in Melbourne, really. There's amazing sort of shopping options around there. Beautiful wide tree-lined streets. It's a really elevated suburb, so it's got a great feel. And there's a lot of houses that actually sell in the sort of five to $10 million price range as well. So you're in, you're in a really good company from a property perspective there. When a house sells around the corner for six and a half million, that obviously has a positive impact on you know, apartment values as well. So um, quite a unique neighbourhood. Um, and then the project itself is probably the most well-rounded project we've sort of seen in the Melbourne market and definitely we've, we've had at Blue Earth Group. Um, we've got an amazing range of residence facilities with, with this development as well. So there's um, beautiful private dining rooms, there's a gym that's the size of a anytime fitness, fully um, equipped with techno gym equipment. Um, a health and wellness centre, there's um, golf simulators, games rooms, all sorts of things um, within the project that is just not normal in the market. Um, obviously that really attracts this sort of lifestyle development, really attracts really great quality tenants. They pay a bit more rent, um, so whether it be 20, 30 or $40 a week extra, because they're not having to, they do away with their, their gym membership, um, and there's a whole range of other benefits of being in the building, so people do pay more and they, they stay a bit longer. Um, and then obviously that's really beneficial from a um, resale perspective as well. And the beauty of it is, is it's all being delivered at, at price points that are, have become a thing of the past in Melbourne. So our one bedroom apartments there are now um, sort of low to mid 400s, two bedroom apartments starting the low 500s, they're mostly in the sort of mid to high 500s or thereabouts. Um, and what we've found in the Melbourne market is that apartments have become a lot more expensive so development site prices have risen by about 70% since 2015. And when developers are paying more for the sites, 
unfortunately, the consumer's paying more for the apartments. Um, what's a bit unique about this site and a lot of the Blue Earth sites is um, the team at Blue Earth have a longer term approach to the development life cycle. So they acquired this Essendon site six or seven years ago um, at a fraction of, of, of the value of the site today. So they've got, um, you know, uh, flexibility to be able to deliver a much better project at really competitive price points because they bought the site so long ago. Yeah, and it's great that we start by analyzing first competitive prices and an amazing investment from a, from a financial point of view. And then everything you mentioned that it's different about your particular developments versus what's out there. Of course, when we are looking to buy something, you want to make sure that you're buying something that your property is unique versus the rest out there. So if given same price point to put it up for rent, yours versus the others will always be the first choice for people. And then when you're trying to sell also, like what's the appeal of buying your own, like someone buying your property versus anything else out there. And 100% all of the different things and details that you just mentioned make make that investment unique and give that extra thing on, on white. Um, you want to go for something that it's, it works from a numbers perspective and then has a different, um, a difference, a point of difference that, of why people would choose to rent or buy your own property in the future. Now, can I ask just to wrap up, why invest now? Why purchase now? What's the driver out there? Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, We've, I've, I've been a believer for a long time that um, counter-cyclical investing is the way to really make money, you know, um, with investments in particular property. And, you know, the old um, famous quote from Warren Buffett, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful, I think definitely rings true um, when you look at really successful people, um, you know, who, who have been investing forever. Um, and that's the philosophy that the team at Blue Earth take definitely as well. So, for example, the team have bought um, three or three and almost four um, very uh, good development sites in the last three weeks. This comes at a time in the market where I know a lot of the developers in Melbourne are basically sitting on their hands and they're petrified, whereas Blue Earth are really taking this opportunity to get out there, find the right sites, buy them on their terms, and that'll mean that they can obviously deliver uh, projects at great price points in the future because they've bought at a time when other developers are not. Um, and that's, I think, you know, an approach that we recommend, um, you know, to our investor clients as well. Um, some of the projects that we have available in the market now would, would just be sold out. They'd be gone if it wasn't for the current climate. Um, we've got some great um, sort of deals on, on, on these projects as well. Um, and I think, um, like we saw, we saw a real, um, you know, stagnant market in the pre-election with the Banking Royal Commission in late 2018, early 2019. And the day after the federal election, the, the, the market basically boomed. And if you, if, you hadn't, if you waited until the day after, properties were selling, there was price growth of, you know, 10% over a couple of month period here in, in the Melbourne market. And my friends who were, think, uh, were thinking, geez, I've missed the market, I should have bought just before the election which obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing. But I think we're gonna have a similar scenario here where when the uncertainty's gone, that the market's actually held up pretty well. We haven't had um, price falls in the Melbourne market. People just stopped putting their properties on the market. The prices haven't really come back as far as the local agents I know are saying. Um, and 
you know, when all the uncertainty's over, we know that these projects will be sold out and some people will be saying, geez, I should have bought back then when I could have got a bit of a deal or when it was actually even available. So some other, uh, you know, key points is we know um, that uh, there was a really good article in The Australian um, by Bernard Salt um, talking about after previous um, crises around the world um, that Australia has always performed really well from a um, population growth perspective. So obviously we've done really well so far throughout the COVID-19 crisis and Australia will very much be seen as a, a, a safe haven for, for people to live and put their money. So I think, you know, as soon as this is, you know, sort of all over, um, population growth is going to go through the roof and I think the market will bounce back really quickly. So who knows when it's all going to end, but I think, you know, there's no better time than now where there's some great opportunities in the market. And uh, as I mentioned, this, you know, when the market changes, it changes very fast and people often wish they had it bought a month or two before or whenever it was. A hundred percent. And I think all throughout this podcast, you you explained very well demand and supply. And you started by explaining what was driving the demand in the population, in the employment, in the investments in infrastructure, and finishing up with why by now. I a hundred percent agree. It's probably a lot of people out of fear are waiting to see what happens. So you are you don't have as much competition and that's the the best reason to be buying right now on top of a lot of buyers incentives in there and you guys are giving some great buyers incentives but th that's the thing right so I 100% agree with everything you've just said I want to thank you very much for your time it was a great overview of the Melbourne market and hope to see you around. Great thanks a lot CP thanks for having me. Bye bye. Cheers. Amazing.